Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD stimulant awareness shortages. Everyone, this is uh, we are celebrating uh, ADHD Awareness Month in year 2018. Tonight is the second show of a seven-part series on ADHD stimulant um, medications, if you will. Tonight we're talking about uh, drug shortages. Um, it's specifically uh, stimulant drug shortages. Uh, before we get into the night show, a few things. The uh, 2018 International Conference on ADHD is around the corner, November the 7th through the 11th uh, in St. Louis, Missouri. To learn more and sign up, go to chadd.org. Um, also, tonight's show is being brought to you by Children and Adults with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Uh, we're offering you two free digital copies of Attention Magazine. All you've got to do is listen to a couple of our shows and email us the secret words to attention at attentiontalkradio.com, and we'll email you two PDFs, one of the most recent Attention Magazine, um, and then one of coming up. Um, Chad also has a tip that we're going to share with you, and we'll get into the show, so here we go. Chad celebrates ADHD Awareness Month each October to improve the lives of the 17 million children and adults in the U.S. who live with ADHD. In 2018, we're setting the record straight. Help us raise awareness for those affected by the disorder and their family members. To learn ways to get involved with ADHD Awareness Month, visit our website at chad.org. Everyone, uh, we'd like to thank uh, Chad for your continued support. Also, for those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. They're the ones that speak uh, with a unified voice for us on Capitol Hill and different regulatory agencies. We encourage our uh, followers and listeners to become members of Chad. They've got lots of great member benefits, but really to support the organization is to support Chad. A strong Chad is a strong ADHD community. Uh, so let's get into the show. Again, tonight is uh, a part of a seven-part series. We're here celebrating ADHD Awareness uh, Month. Um, last week, we did a show based on really the basics, and this tonight's show is based on ADHD medication shortages. Uh, this interview we are repurposing from a period of time ago. Um, it was relevant content and relevant relevant now. I will have to tell you, I learned uh, some amazing stuff from this. When it comes to uh, shortages of ADHD medications, it's easy to point to uh, pharmacy companies and maybe the insurance companies, but uh, there's a little bit of an aha here. They're really not the ones that are play, and I think that uh, from an awareness perspective, this story is really kind of fascinating. Um, our interviewee was uh, Ruth Hughes. Uh, things have changed. Her bio is a little bit out of date, but we left it intact just to give you a sense of who she is. Um, so let's roll the tape. Hope you enjoy it. Our topic tonight is ADHD medication shortages, and with us in our virtual studio is uh, Ruth Hughes, the CEO of CHAD. Ruth is a clinical psychologist, the mother of an adult son with ADHD, and the CEO of CHAD. During her years at CHAD, she's worn many hats and various times been responsible for public policy, chapters, membership, parent-to-parent training, and teacher-to-teacher training. For 17 years, she was the chief executive officer of the International Association for Psychosocial Rehabilitation Service an association representing providers of rehab, rehabilitation services excuse me, to adults with 
children with serious uh, mental illnesses. Today, her work focuses on advocating for systems of care where every child and adult with ADHD has access to state-of-the-art information and services. So with that, Ruth, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here, Jeff. The, the other thing that I want to touch base, you guys just recently ex- just launched Chat Exchange, right? We did. Um, we are actually in the process of making an enormous change in our infrastructure so that we could be in the 21st century and, and be ready for the 22nd. And we have just opened a very sophisticated system of uh, online communities where people can join. And the difference between this and many of the other social networking communities is this is a place that, number one, is all about ADHD, but number two, it's private. And so that you can share your concerns, your worries, your questions, and get a a fantastic interaction because it's with everybody else who's been there and done that and really understands ADHD. So we encourage folks to check out uh, the, the chat exchange on our website. And, well, to do that, you have to have to be a member, right, Ruth? You do. You do. But membership is very easy. You can join on the website. It's $53 for a family or an individual. And that $53 gives you access to the exchange, but a whole host of other things, discounts if you go to the conferences. Um, so it's a, it's a steal at any price. Thank you. You get uh, <laughs> six issues of Attention Magazine, so there are all sorts of goodies that come with membership. And the one thing that was interesting, I, was, I, was, I had been talking to someone in your office earlier, that the exchange is a place where you can kind of go and there's, there's, there's discussion groups in different communities, and, and actually those are moderated so that it's just not like a free-for-all, so there's some focus brought to it. And there's some simple things as, hey, here's a letter that somebody might have used to approach a teacher or school system that's posted in the library that people could share. So it's, it's a pretty robust thing from what I understand and very exciting. Well, we want to make it an incredibly useful uh uh, asset for all of our members, and so and, and you're right. Every community is moderated. Um, they're active. Our staff is active in all of the communities, so it's not just sort of something that happens. That uh, you will find that the resources are good now, and they will only grow. Absolutely. Now, tonight's topic is. Uh, is, is medication shortages, and before we kind of get into that, I just want to kind of talk about because Chad is, is is correct me if I'm wrong, the largest not-for-profit organization that is advocating for those with ADHD. Is that accurate? That's correct. I think there are a number of ADHD resources uh, throughout the country and on the internet, but we are the only folks that are also very actively advocating uh, around all sorts of policy issues that affect people with ADHD. And the big one this year has been medication shortages, but we've also addressed uh, um, Social Security disability for adults and children with ADHD, um, health care access, health insurance coverage of ADHD, any number of issues, uh, a lot of issues around school and school rights. Um, with the Americans with Disability Act, we advocated very strongly to make sure attention um, was one of the areas covered under the ADA. So we just want folks to know we are fighting for you every day. And membership into Chad not only gets you those resources, but it actually helps support Chad to do these things for you. And tonight we're talking about medication shortages. And that when this topic kind of came up, like what's, what better than, 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 than having Ruth on as the organization that kind of advocates uh, for these 
for these types of things. So I guess, Ruth, I want to kind of begin by just, you know, going to a first pharmacy and picking up a prescription to treat an illness. I mean, people do that all the time, and it's really kind of an easy process, but recently it hasn't been so easy for those with ADHD. Recently, it's been awful for many people with ADHD. Um, we the, This actually shortage actually started last spring, just about this time, so it's been going on for a year. And at first, we understood it was going to be a very short-term shortage. We immediately worked with both the Food and Drug Administration and also uh, contacted the Drug Enforcement Agency because they have a very important role in this. And everybody thought it was going to be short-term. But it continued through the summer and then began to get much worse in the winter, and what started as just a shortage in the generics for Adderall, particularly short-acting, uh, began to spread to other medications. And so then we had a shortage of methylphenidate, which is the Ritalin generics. Um, and then we began to see pressure even on the name brand medications. So by the end of the year, almost um, every medication that, that was a stimulant was becoming difficult to to uh, find. We, in our survey, we had more than 5,500 responses. And so that's, you know, more than 5,000 people were letting us know their experiences. And of those people, 49.9% um, had difficulty getting medication. And of that group, about 37% of those having difficulty were forced to change medication. And many people just tried to tough it out and do without, which is ter a terrible choice to have to make. Oh, that's horrible. Well, what, are, what are some of the factors that are played that, that there would actually be a shortage? Well, a lot of things can start a shortage. It could be that uh, the manufacturing a problem or a contamination uh, during manufacture or a, a distribution problem when they ship out to all the pharmacies and, and uh, there are some problems in terms of the distribution. Um, but in this case, the best we can tell is that the reason that the shortage has continued is because the Drug Enforcement Agency has a, a very important role in that they control the amount of stimulant medications that are manufactured in the United States. Hence, we're a controlled medication. And what they do to control it is they actually each year tell every manufacturer, both of the generics and the brand names, how much of the active pharmaceutical ingredient, they, you might see it referred to as API, um, they can utilize to make medications. And it's very highly controlled. Every milligram of that API is uh, has to be tracked, um, and and the and the and DEA's involvement is to try to discourage and prevent diversion of these medications for uses that are not for treatment of ADHD. But this year, what happened is that the closer we got to the end of the year, um, we were hearing from the manufacturers that their inventory was gone, um, and particularly again the generic uh, medications, but. Uh, throughout the system, there was real pressure, and it became harder and harder and harder to get. What makes it even more difficult, and the reason people are experiencing that shortage right now, is that while the DEA makes an award to each manufacturer every January, it takes them another three months to make these pills and then ship them to pharmacies. So we are hoping and planning to see some significant relief as April comes, but we're going to be tracking it very, very uh, um, intensely to make sure that, in fact, we do see an end to this shortage. So 
what I'm hearing you say, I think, is the DEA is kind of involved, and because it's a stimulant, they oversee. There's like you can only make so much because they want to make sure it doesn't get into the hands of those that are not using it correctly. And as a result of that, um, in part, uh, because if demand starting to exceed what are those, whatever those quotas are, that would obviously produce a shortage. Well, that's right, because manufacturers have no flexibility. So if manufacturer A has a problem and they're not meet, able to supply the amount of medication that they hoped, manufacturer B can't make more to help out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a very tight control, and it's a relatively rigid system. Um, so, for instance, anybody who's uh, getting ready for 2013, they have to have the request into the DEA by April 1st. So it takes them nine months to process that and award it for the following year. So it's wow. not a quick process. Wow. I tell you what, Ruth, I, we need to go to break right now. We'll come back. I want to kind of pick up where we left off. But before we do, if you want to learn more about Chad, uh, go to chadd.org. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Tonight's secret word is shortages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. You've tried logic. Johnny, just calm down and work. Then you can go out and play with your friends. Now get the help you really need to improve motivation, communication, and compliance for kids with ADHD. Join nationally recognized ADHD parent coach Cindy Goldrich and her team of experts at PTS Coaching. Take the first step. Sign up for parent workshops today at ptscoaching.com. Workshops offered in person, via the web, and as e-courses. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com ATR. That's addca.com ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Make every moment count with Time Timer, a sensitive solution for ADHD time management. It shows how much time is left using a bright red disc that gets smaller as time passes. To place an order for a Time Timer, all you have to remember is timetimer.com. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We've got Ruth Hughes in our virtual studio. We're talking about the shortages of ADHD medication. Uh, Before the break, we were talking about uh, the, the, I guess, quotas are given out to the manufacturers of the drugs uh, that limits the production um, as a means to control stimulants in the distribution, I guess, in the United States. Um, Ruth, I'm kind of curious. So is this – I've got to believe that this is a little bit unique to – well, not unique. I'm sure there's some other drugs that are regulated, but not all drugs have quotas, right? No, only those that are con- considered controlled medications that have the potential for some abuse or more with stimulant medications misuse. 
and so it's not all medications. But there is uh, quite a bit of activity in Congress uh, and Capitol Hill addressing drug shortages uh, medications, and Chad is joined with the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, and we have formed a coalition of about 10 clinical and patient advocacy groups, and we have been uh, advocating on the Hill with both our senators and congressmen um, to make sure that any legislation on drug shortages also includes uh, and addresses issues around all controlled medications. We want to be sure that this never happens again, and we will keep on this issue until we are assured that it will never happen again. Again, I just want to highlight Chad as an organization, as an advocacy group, so when you're a member, you get the information, but you're actually supporting that so that they can go and lobby and speak for the community as one, because um, individually a person couldn't handle that. So this is all great stuff. In terms of understanding this issue, Ruth, is so is it really – would it be, it's Congress dealing with the, the federal – the FDA and the DEA to, in, to increase those caps or – in or to manage that in order to re to reduce this. There's also – I'm interested in your thoughts on that, but there's the other side of that, too, is that is the demand for drugs because if we have a shortage, it sounds like it's accelerating maybe through an increased number of diagnoses. We know that diagnosis of ADHD has increased every year for the last 10 years and that prescriptions for ADHD medications have already also increased and um, as has concern about diversion of those medications. And we are absolutely uh, committed to working to stop diversion where we can and to work with the DEA or anybody else to uh, make sure that we go down that road. But but stopping diversion should never preve prevent a person with a legitimate disorder from getting the medication they need yep. to treat it. And that's what's happened this last year, and it's unconscionable. So the, the, I, I couldn't agree with you more, but it's interesting. The number of the diagnoses are going up. I, I, I can say as a as an ADHD coach, um, I actually specialize in coaching those that have been diagnosed later in life. So many people I'm coaching get diagnosed with their children, and it seems to me that that's a little bit on the rise, and I have no scientific backing to, to do that. But it's just interesting because as, as technology moves along, more and more adults that I deal with, it's, we're becoming the self-service economy, and they're having to do more, and they're getting overwhelmed by it. And logically, that would that would if that were the case, it would seem to – I can understand why demand would be increasing there, not, not including other places that would contribute to the shortage. So it's, it seems like built into the system, and glad to see that you guys are doing what you do to kind of see if we can mitigate that and get it on track. Well, and we, we also work very closely with the Center for Disease Control. Um, they fund our center, our National Resource Center on ADHD here at CHAD, and um, they do prevalence studies uh, very regularly to look at what is the reported prevalence, what is the diagnosis of ADHD, and they have been tracking that over the years, and so we have worked with them as well around this particular issue of really checking in with them about what, do, what can we help inform the DEA process in terms of the prevalence and the increase that's happening over time. Certainly. Um, are there pockets of the country that are, that, are, that are more prone to shortages than other, or is it pretty much the same across the board? 
Well, we were concerned about that when we did our survey. So we asked people to say what city and state that they lived in. Mm -hmm. But what we found and what the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry also found was that it was very widespread. And rather than geographically centered, it seems to be that the distribution of these medications is more episodic. So you can go to a pharmacy one day, they have it, and the next week they have none and won't have any for the next three weeks. And then they'll get a little bit more. And then they put that out the door and then go another three weeks with very little medication. And so we, there was no state that we did not see reports of problems. Wow. Um, another question is, let's just kind of touch base real quickly. What's the impact on those with ADHD who don't get their meds? Oh, it's been horrendous, and part of our message to our um, the policymakers on Capitol Hill is being very, very certain that they don't think of ADHD just as squirmy kids, but they really understand the ramifications. We have reports from probably a dozen different adults who tried to tough it out when they could not get medication, then made a serious mistake at work and were fired. We have reports from college students who, when they could not get the medication they needed to study, were um, expelled from the college uh, because their grades went down precipitously. Wow. We've heard from parents where two uh, students uh, with behavioral problems were expelled or suspended and that kids are doing very, very poorly academically. So, And the area I worry about most, um, having emerged from uh, the teen years not so long ago, is that um, our teen drivers, and we there's enormously good research that shows if you are a teen uh, and driving um, and are not under treatment and not taking medication, the likelihood of an accident is three times that of people without ADHD and four times for fatal accidents. And so this can indeed have enormous ramifications in a person's life. So some people are getting fired, some people the grades aren't holding their own, other, there's higher incidence of car accidents, more trips to the emergency room, et cetera. All these are potential fall out of a result of the medication shortage, which is really horrific when you think about it. Well, it is. There are about 15 million people in the United States with ADHD, and so we're talking about a lot of people who have difficulty uh, getting medication. And I will tell you, last weekend, my son, uh, who's 24, um, had to get his prescription refilled, and he had significant problems. Um, so we're not uh, not in the clear yet. We hope in the next couple weeks things will begin to get much, much better. One other point I want to make before we kind of go to break, too, is we had uh, Dr. Charles Park on back in November talking about uh, just talking about meds and and how you just getting the meds dialed in correctly, the right med at the right dose, it's the right time is not necessarily an easy thing. And, and uh, I actually had heard some people talk. I was working with one individual who couldn't get their meds and had to switch meds, which was very disruptive to them just making that transition because it didn't necessarily work. It took them a while. It was just – more more aggravation to the to the system as a result of the um of the shortages. Well, that's right. We heard literally from thousands of people who had to change their medication and felt it was either not as effective or they had, uh, if they had food sensitivities, they might have problems with the dye uh -huh. used or some of the non-active ingredients, or they had to change the medication that just is different enough that um, it, it didn't work for them. And we've heard that over and over and over again. Um, you want to go to a break real quick. Again, for everybody, to learn more about CHAD, go to chadd.org, and with that, we'll be right back. Tonight's secret word is shortages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. 
Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Make every moment count with Time Timer, a sensitive solution for ADHD time management. It shows how much time is left using a bright red disc that gets smaller as time passes. To place an order for a Time Timer, all you have to remember is timetimer.com. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more how an edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're with Ruth Hughes talking about medication shortages. And really, advocacy really is the the high-level topic and what Chad does to kind of help all of us. And on the topic of advocacy, Ruth, I'd like to ask you, the New York Times printed some articles that... Were, were, were very distressing, and uh, you, you individually and Chad has become very active with that. Can you tell us about that a little bit? Well, there are two articles. One was by a retired a researcher in another area altogether, de- child development, who wrote an article that basically, uh, if I could sum it up, said that uh, we need to look at ADHD not as a neurological disorder, which we know is the basis of ADHD, but rather look at uh, parental uh, techniques and parenting. And basically, this was going back 20, 30 years in time, and the message was it's mom's fault, um, and gave some examples that were pretty far out there, like uh, picking up your, your toddler to put in the bathtub from the back so they don't anticipate. And, I mean, I, there isn't a parent in the world who hasn't done that, and we did not cause ADHD for that. The second article was by a, uh, a uh, playwright um, and entertainer who has sort of an interesting uh, uh, past and, uh, and gave such lurid examples of what he thought of ADHD that I'm not even going to repeat them on the radio. Uh-huh. And they should never have been published in the New York Times. Not only did we ask our members to really respond to the Times, and uh, but Chad itself contacted their ombudsman. It's called their public editor, the one that uh, we also contacted the opinion staff, but they never uh-huh. deigned to get back to us. And the public editor has actually worked with Chad and has been, uh, and, and our concerns were severalfold. It is the opinion page, and so we're very clear that Opinions are not the same as a factual story. Uh But the problem with both these articles is that they weren't just opinion. There was major 
misinformation that many of the facts in both articles were simply wrong. Mm -hmm. And so our message to the New York Times is it's one thing to have opinions. There are actually many areas around ADHD that you can have a lively debate about. But to put in the Times on the front page of the opinions uh, section an article that misleads people by giving uh, – uh, wrong information and very lurid examples um, that we thought was just way, way, way out of bounds. And so we've had an ongoing discussion via their public editor about the difference of opinion and fact, mm -hmm. and that uh, opinion's one thing, but when you uh, get the facts wrong, um, that's a pretty serious uh, error for a publication of the stature of the New York Times. And so we're continuing to be engaged in that discussion. I have offered to go to New York to meet with the opinion editors. Um, they haven't been taken up on that, but I hope they do. Um, and we just, anytime we see something like that, it's so important, not just for Chad, but for all of us affected by ADHD to speak up and say, this is unacceptable. And the, the, one of the things about tonight, which is which I really want to kind of highlight, is is if you're one of our regular listeners out there, or if you're even new, um, that's what Chad is as organization is to come together and speak together with a voice. Whether it's talking to Capitol Hill and saying, "Hey, listen, we need we need to we need some help here, making some adjustments to make sure these drugs are available," or people are are just printing stuff in the New York Times that is that is that is not reality as an advocate. Chad is stepping in to really try to say, hey, wait a second, this isn't right, and really do something for everybody, everybody who has ADHD or is impacted by ADHD. And I think the service that you guys are providing, Ruth, is just incredible. Well, thank you, Jeff. And uh, they, it, it truly is our members who support our public policy and advocacy efforts. Without your membership, we would not have the resources to do this. And so please uh, do join Chad and help us continue to take this message. We want to eliminate the stigma around ADHD, and you can help us make that happen. Um, I also, periodically, you guys actually in your newsletters actually will will write out to the public um, if you're a member, saying, hey, listen, if you can write a senator or, or, or do this, I mean, sometimes it's very important to get some support for some of that stuff to kind of move it forward. Um, when you guys make that call, that's when, um, if, you're, if you're getting those publications, you really can step in and support Ch Chad, support yourself, right? That's right. So, for instance, when these drug shortage uh, bills become uh, truly active, and we've made sure we've done all we can in our Hill visits, we'll be turning to our members and say, contact your senator, contact your congressman, and we'll even make it really easy for you. So you can click on a, uh, a link. It'll take you directly to your co senator or congressman, and you can send an email to them, and we'll even tell you what to say. There you um, go. You can make it any difference. simpler. <laughs> Couldn't make it so much. Well, Ruth, uh, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. This has been spectacular. It's been very enlightening, kind of letting everybody know what's going on with the medication shortages. What I'm hearing is that there's some hope uh, in store in the, in, the, in the future as the manufacturers start to kind of get on top of the, the increases in, in manufacturing. Um, is there anything else that we've missed that uh, is worth closing out the show on? Well, just know whether it's, it's school issues or employment issues or rights um, or any insurance issues, um, those are the things that we are always looking at to make sure that folks with ADHD um, get good access to care and are treated fairly. And we have a long way to go. 
And so we need to join together to make it happen. Absolutely. And with that, uh, as a reminder, everybody, if you want to learn more, go to chadd.org. And uh, Ruth, thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Jeff. I've really enjoyed it. Have a good week, everybody.